What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. Happy Tuesday, May 14th. My goodness, we are what feels like two days into the real part of the offseason, although maybe just two days back from vacation. I'm Will Brinson. I am your host of this daily CBS Sports NFL podcast. Yes, even though the NFL season and the offseason is in its true dead period right now. Some minicamps going on, but still, it's dead. Uh, not the total dead period, but it's pretty close. We are still covering it. Today, just so you know, maybe a little Game of Thrones heavy. Things are, we're, we're basically in the, like, we're in the championship, conference championship games of Game of Thrones. So we're going to focus our attention there. We'll hit some NFL news as necessary. This weekend, you're going to be tuning in to the PGA Championship on CBS Sports. And Sportsline.com's model has nailed four majors entering the weekend. It was also all over Tiger Woods' deep run at last year's PGA Championship, even though he was just a 25-to-1 long shot. So make sure to visit Sportsline.com and click on PGA Championship to see our picks for this year's major. And you can get your first month of picks on Sportsline.com. Starts May 16th, so go ahead and do this. Use promo code SWING and you will get a first month of Sportsline for just one dollar. And of course, um, you should be checking out our great coverage of the PGA Championship on CBS Sports. Our friends Kyle Porter and Chip Patterson do the, uh, the first cut, the pot, their podcast, the first cut with Kyle Porter. And not Chip Patterson. It's actually the full title of it. Uh, they do that. They'll be recapping the PGA Championship as it goes, as it goes along. And it's a Beth Page. Great course. We're going to have Ryan Wilson live on site doing CBS Sports HQ hits from that golf course. You got it right down the street. Yep. Um, you should go, Ryan. You should get credentialed to go check it out. It'd be a lot of fun. I'll come with you. It's actually in Long Island, which is about five hours away, but sure. Isn't it crazy they're doing a major on Long Island? Like, that doesn't seem like there's no. Well, they, that's where. Who won it the last time in Beth Page? The big deal was the public course they played, and obviously it's one of the best public courses in the country. But who won it back whenever they had it there in the mid 2000s? Do you remember? Uh, I'm going to. It was 2009, and I'm going to say. I'm, I've, I've got the Wikipedia where I can click on it. I that don't was want to. It wasn't the PGA. Oh, two, oh, yeah. Uh, what was the last PGA there? I don't, there's 2000, there's two, Beth Page has had two U.S. Opens. I don't think it's had a PGA. I don't either. Um, I, I don't know. That's the quiz question for today. So let us know and Brinson will send you a pick six podcast t-shirt unless you're Sean. <laughs> uh, 2002, of course, was Tiger. 2009. Oh, oh, man. I forgot about me, this. Oh, 2009. Retief Houston? Uh, no. Is this a golf podcast? What are we talking about? Lucas Glover. His, uh, oh, random, yeah. one of those random late 2010s, uh, early aughts, uh, winners. So there you have it. Lucas, Lucas Glover actually having a great career renaissance this year in the 2019 season. Sean, you've really been enjoying his play on the PGA Tour, haven't you? I have no idea who that is. He was I'm happy he's brought happiness to your heart. Um, let's move on. He's you missed last week, Brenton, that uh, Sean was dressed up like Tiger Woods on the podcast. We took great joy in making fun of him for that. Um, but, Should I but we have put no it on so Brenton can decide if I look like Tiger Woods? I think it was also because I was wearing a hat. We didn't get. Well, that's because you always make no fun food. of my hair when it's messy. Are we going to even huh? let John Breach talk? We're like three minutes in this podcast. Breach hadn't said a word. Well, well we have no proof. That? That. You know what? Since we're talking golf, I am going to tell my ten-second golf story of how I bought a four-day pass to the U.S. Open in 2012. It was in San Francisco. It was a four-day all-you-can-eat and all-you-can-drink alcohol pass. And let me tell you, wow. worst idea ever. Uh, 
you cannot drink alcohol all day for four straight days. That's all I'm going to say. Unless you are in college, maybe Sean's age, that's about it. But I think I was 30 at the time. No, that that, that was too old for that. Also, so no four-day benders after age 30. Right, Wilson? <laughs> Not funny, John. So wait a second. Uh, did you have to – were you walking and, and drinking or were you sitting at the bar? What, what happened? Uh, well, there was only one clubhouse set up where you wore a bracelet, you got in, and it was set up by the 17th hole, and then you had private access to bleachers around the 17th hole. So you could either chill at the 17th hole the whole time, or if you wanted to go check out other holes or follow a golfer around, you could do that, but then you were leaving the free booze. So clearly, I just spent all weekend at the 17th hole. Um, the problem with drinking all day at a golf course is you got to be kind of quiet at a golf course. Like, yeah. you, like you have to be sort of together walking around a lot. And it's also hot as balls. So you're like you're like slamming beer all day long, sweating. And after about, I would say, six, seven beers, you get pretty uh, pretty lit up. These are the people who scream, get in the hole. Get in the these hole. are the people who purchase these passes. That, that explains so much. I didn't realize people even, like, drink when they go to a golf tournament. Oh my because god, you get it makes sense now, but hammered. Like, that seems like the worst way I'd want to spend getting hammered is being quiet and like standing still and trying to like get a tiny little view of someone hitting a ball. And I love that Sean said that because there were at least three getting the hole guys who walked <laughs> back into the cabin. It was just insane. I was like, guys, you don't need to yell that the ball's not going in the hall because there's also the green on the 18th that was nearby leaving the 17th. So definitely drunk getting the hole guys are a thing. Are you? Are we looking at one of the get in the hole guys right now? <laughs> That's a yes. No, 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 no. He definitely did it once. No, yeah, you definitely yelled it once. Uh, hey guys, I'm going to film this reaction. John, I want to I want to compliment you on your surprising restraint on this Doug Baldwin headline. I'm a little disappointed. I am too. Doug Baldwin appears to announce retirement on Twitter just days after being cut by Seahawks. You didn't work no Game, Game of, of Thrones. Didn't work Game of Thrones into there. Didn't have. Leaves open like the possibility. Maybe Doug Baldwin's just trending. I, I don't know. This is um, this is a also could have said Seahawks player. You'll never <laughs> guess who retires. Yeah, that's yes. Yeah. Seahawks player intimates retirement via Game of or Game of Thrones colon Seahawks player intimates surprising retirement just days after being released by team. How did Jon Snow announce Doug? Baldwin's retirement. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there it is. Wow. Go back and change it now. He thought about doing that. He's like, I can't do it. It's just ridiculous. It's May. Um, all right. Let's hit just very quickly a couple of items of news. And then, look, I'm sorry. We're going to get to the throne stuff. We don't have a ton of time. And there's there's nothing. Am I, am I wrong? There's nothing going on. Is there anything going on in football right now? Doug Baldwin. I mean, that's pretty huge. But you and I talked about Doug Baldwin yesterday. I'm kidding. Four yeah. hours ago when we recorded this. Um Oh, you know what? We should we should clarify real quick, Brent. So we talked about this on Monday, and I I want to double check. Sean, weren't you the one that's all in on the Redskins? Is that right? I just want to. No, I, no. okay. Can right. I give my ten second? Sean, but also I'm not like, all in on the Redskins. I think the Redskins are potentially positioned to be the NFC East best team for the next few years here because the car, because the Cowboys and the Eagles are both going to have to pay their quarterbacks a lot of money. They're not going to have cheap quarterbacks on the rookie deal. I think there's a fair chance both of those quarterbacks aren't going to be worth the thirty million. They might cost, and if Dwayne Haskins ends up being good, they're going to be that team suddenly that has the cheap, good rookie quarterback, and then can spend money around him. That is a much better point than whatever Ryan said. You said that's why I wanted to say it. Ryan yeah, basically said, "You think the Redskins are going to win the NFC East?" This no, year. no, no. 
I think they're long term. They could be positioned to succeed if Wentz and Dak don't live up to those big contracts they're about yeah, and, to get. And Haskins has to be good. Yeah, yeah the, exactly. That, and like the Giants are irrelevant, and that's a big part of it. Is the other team that should be doing this is not going to be able to capitalize on it. I can't believe. Um, do we know where Aaron Rodgers was in Game of Thrones? Do we think he's no. that that guy that I tweeted about? The guy that's no. Referring? That's one of the things I want to make fun of you about. Okay, make fun of me for it. That guy looks like Tim Blake Nelson to me. From Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Right. Tim Blake yeah. I'm just deleting, he, I'm deleting this tweet that it was that bad. He looks like he's five. He might be shorter than Breach in this photograph. He <laughs> runs like he's got a fake leg. I mean. This is the dude they showed like getting burned alive as he's like running through the, yes. the little tunnel is that archway. Not right. Is that supposed to be Aaron Rodgers? I don't, I didn't see Aaron Rodgers in the episode, if I'm being honest. Nor did I. Here are the responses to, to Brinson asking. At Aaron Rodgers 12 and at the Packers and at. I, mean, I want confirmation. I, it looks like Aaron Rodgers. One response was oh, a God. picture of Maya Rudolph going, eh, nah. Uh, one was that literally looks nothing like Aaron Rodgers. Not him. Sure doesn't look like him. Oh, Have you actually ever seen Aaron Rodgers? <laughs> I can't find this tweet. Where's this tweet? I just, just deleted it. I told you it was a terrible tweet. Oh tour. my God. Well, you, and everybody is pushing that though. Cause I think Schefter, I saw him tweet out something that, uh, it was the fire, the guy that got burnt up in the fire. And it's like that tweet that Wilson just read out hits the nail on the head. Brinson, have you ever seen Aaron Rodgers? It's a fair question. No, I don't <laughs> we'll give you a chance to like. answer it. Does he look like Goofy? Um, look, I've been on Disney vacation. Okay. I cut me some slack. I'm working my a way. Lot of, I just speaking of, uh, before we get to get more Game of Thrones talk, uh, I will give you John and you, Sean. People are like, what the hell is this podcast? By the way, I will give you an opportunity each to ask me one question about Disney World. Man, this is – see, you didn't tell me before the podcast that there was no prep to know what kind of question I should ask. But here's what I'll say is that my question for you, Brinson – I gave you 30 ab- minutes ago. I said I was going to let you ask me one question. About Disney World is – Sean has a question if you want to think of one while he's Sean, asking. what's your question? I don't – what was my question? Oh, why were you on Twitter and Slack the entire time? Enjoy your vacation. Get off the <laughs> internet. Ryan, Ryan's got a screenshot of this uh, because you spent well, – A lot of people have tweeted out this image, by the way, thinking it was Aaron Rodgers. So you're not alone in that. So you spend roughly <laughs> 60 uh, – I'll say, Ryan, what percentage of your time at Disney World is spent in a line pushing a stroller? Oh, pushing a stroller is, is 100%. Um, Robbie's five. Actually, by the – we were pushing our seven-year-old around by the end of it. Oh, so. yeah. I, I'm surprised we didn't get strollers. I mean, I so the first day we were going out to the park, and I was like, I was like, you sure we need this stroller and this big book bag? And by like by within an hour, I was like, can you imagine if we didn't have this effing yeah. stroller? We'd be so screwed. And then the book bag, the only fight AK and I got in, I mentioned to Ryan, was at Pizza Safari. AK, as it started to rain, took two snack cups of Robbie's and jammed them in my work book bag, which we were using as our primary book bag, and it resulted in a uh, a heavy uh, Ritz uh, layer developing in the bottom of my book bag. I wasn't thrilled about that. Um, I have a question. What percentage of all the money you spent there was spent on beer? Ooh. <laughs> uh, I mean, like, percentage of the full <laughs> trip or percentage of cash spent on? Not counting, like, airfare and stuff. In the right, hotels, cash spent, But, like, on, on the ground. Car- Oh, yeah. on the ground? Oh, uh, 87%. That's not true. Well, most of the meals are paid for. They're part of a plan. Yeah, but factor that in. Do the math. I'm not doing all that math. Uh, there's no beer package? Beers are like 10 <laughs> bucks a pop. It is expensive. Yeah, there's no, like, all-you-can-drink, like, U.S. Open style? No. 
You got, uh, we, you they get, did that. Disney would go broke if well, that was an option. No, no, no. Our package came with you would get we got with each meal you get one specialty drink, and it can either be like you can get like a latte or a bottle of, like a, a bottle of smart water or a beer. If I was smart, I would have been going to breakfast and getting beer and stashing my hotel room, but I wasn't smart. Lesson learned for next trip. Absolutely. Um, okay, let's. Uh, oh, who did you miss the most out of us three? Ooh, uh, I, this is going to be hurtful. I don't want. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to be last. Well, it's an easy. No, I'm not ranking you. I would say uh, you, John, because I feel like um, Ryan and Sean because you have an Android. Get an iPhone. Right. So Ryan and Sean and I text more frequently because. Um, we have the blue text and Ryan and Sean were communicating consistently with each other, with me as a, as a present intermediary who wasn't necessarily participating as well. And I feel like uh, they were more active in our Slack conversations with EK than you were. But so I miss you the most, John. That makes me feel better. Yeah. Now I'm never getting rid of my Android. But that yeah. means, yeah, because you, you won. I will now mail you a pick six podcast and a Mariners hat. That is Oh my god, that's the oh, worst part what? is some fan of the podcast sent you something to give to me and you won't send it to me. You I just, can't. I oh. took it to Disney World and lost it on a ride. Hey Sean, Sean, <laughs> the problem is that you want it so badly and Brinson is clearly well aware of that. Just quit acting like you want it so much. This is why you, you go I'm on just, a fun I'm date. an honest man. I'm just putting it out there. I'm like Jon Snow. I can't lie. I'm just giving him my true intentions, what I want. I'm I'm just hoping he follows through and you should be on my side because if this if I get it, I'm going to send you my Notre Dame shirt that you want so much. But I'm doing the exact opposite. And guess what? I've moved on in my life. Sean goes on a date. The first date, he's like, "Listen, lady, I love you very much. We should get married <laughs> right now." She's like, "Whoa!" Oh, that cut a Where's my you. ring? Where's my ring? <laughs> That's Sean. You yeah, Sean swore you'd that. give me a ring. Um, okay, look very quickly. The 49ers will not be on hard knocks. Leaving. This is a Dubin headline, not a breach headline. Leaving only four eligible teams. Those four eligible teams are the Giants, Raiders, Lions, and Redskins. Who do you want to see rank those, uh, Sean, out of the teams you want to see? Giants, Raiders, Lions, Redskins. Lions four, even though it would be fun to see how bad Matt Patricia actually is. It would be fun to have Ryan writing his. Is Dubin quietly – did Dubin announce that he wasn't going to write Redskins anymore? Or did he just quietly start doing that? Because he wrote – Forever, man. Don't you ever yeah. read his articles? It's I just been never, forever. Jeez, Brenton, you just added yourself. I just never noticed that it. I just saw it. was just weird because it said Giants. He uses Washington, right? Yeah. I, I just yeah. – everybody. a lot of people do this. I don't notice. I yeah. just – I don't know. Anyway. So Lions last. I just think they're the least one of the least interesting teams in football. Yep. Uh, Redskins, three. Yep. <sighs> Giants, either the Giants or Raiders. Giants would be or awesome. Raiders, either of them would be awesome. I think Giants too, because I think as much as we like to make fun of the Daniel Jones stuff, I don't know if Daniel Jones is going to be that interesting of a character. Eli Manning is kind of a boring character. Kind of and nothing. I, He's horribly boring. I think the idea of seeing Antonio Brown, John Gruden, I think it's Raiders one easily. John Gruden is maybe the most entertaining coach, uh, in football. And Antonio Brown, I want to see him interact with Derek Carr. Um, Interact to make Derek Carr cry in public. <laughs> one one thing working against the Raiders is they may want to wait until they go to Vegas to do it. Oh, whoa! Breaking news: Eagles have waved, waved Luis Perez. We were just talking about him. Oh. That's a shame. Oh, and high hopes. 
But who do they who do they add that we talked about? They signed uh, Cody Kessler. Yeah, signed Cody Kessler. I'd rather have Luis Perez. Weird. Yeah. Right. right. All right. Well, well, stinks for my man Luis. Follow maybe he'll, maybe the Bears will sign him. They'll finally win some football games. <laughs> All right, I don't want to get into a Bears argument. We're about to get into a Game of Thrones argument. All right, let's all... take a quick break and then we'll come back and we'll talk Game of Thrones. I apologize for this entire podcast. <laughs> The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. All right, so Game of Thrones talking. <laughs> I'm going to get so much crap from, from people on this podcast. Like, oh, wow, glad you're back on vacation. You and Wilson slapped together 20 minutes of something on Monday morning, and then you pretended to talk about for football for 12 minutes and then got to Game of Thrones. That's right, baby. That's how we do it. Look, it's a slow time of the year. We've got a lot planned for this offseason. It's going to be a lot of fun, but we only have two episodes of Game of Thrones left, and I'm going to give the first word. So first thing, let's have a rule that we give the person 30 seconds without interrupting them. Cause then uh, they- that's, that's terrible. That, that, that just feeds into like the soundbite culture. You can't say anything of substance in 30 seconds. Well, my more? point is that you, I don't want you interrupting people, Sean. I, well, Ryan, to- Ryan, I, people, but Ryan, I don't want to be interrupted. All right, Ryan, you go first then. So you won't, no interrupting for 30 seconds. What are your thoughts on season, was it episode eight, episode five, season eight, season, episode five? Episode five. All right. Start the timer. Here's what I have. I've actually written it down. Season. Well, actually, uh, huh? He's just Sean already broke the interruption rule. Yeah, it took on, three Sean. seconds. Sean, you're voted off the podcast. Yes. Get off the boat. Please. All right, here we go. Why happened episode four? If episode five is that the dragons just automatically can, can blow up everything, suddenly have great vision, can suddenly fly into a, a group of ships and not get shot once. Uh, the big deal in episode four, as best I can recall, was Sandy getting her head chopped off. I don't even know if that matters. And of course, it made Danny mad, but we were on the course of Danny being mad anyway and losing her mind. I don't necessarily think that happens. Uh, that necessarily needs to happen in episode four. I'm at the point now where I don't care about any of the characters besides, I hate to say this, Arya. Like, I care about her, but no, literally no one else. When mm. they died in the, in the, um, underneath the, the castle at the end there, Jamie and his sister, I gave zero craps. I was like, all right, good. That's over with. Who else can we kill? I don't know what Jon Snow's <laughs> doing. He's an absolute idiot. He didn't say one word when, when Varys spoke up and, uh, short stuff got him killed. And then Jon Snow said nothing about it. So we're just sitting there watching it. 
the worst take of the whole episode was Will Brinson and Aaron Rodgers. And um, finally, let's see. Oh, I was reading Twitter afterwards, like 12 hours afterwards. I don't read it immediately afterwards. It is so funny how much people hate Weiss and Benioff at this point. I don't necessarily blame them. I think Sean's right. They started at the back and had to reverse engineer all this stuff. But I don't know why they just couldn't do an extra season or two, why they had to rush it over the final two seasons. I'm done. That is, um, I think that that is my biggest problem with what they've done. And there's actually a good thread. I retweeted it, and it, it's not necessarily about Game of Thrones. It is about Game of Thrones specifically, but it is about uh, a method of storytelling and story. And, and that narrative. was very good. Panthers and what's the other one? Plotters. Panthers and plotters. And so the premise of this, and I, I think, I mean, like, I don't know how. It feels like this is really accurate. I don't know how you can actually prove that it's very accurate. But um, for me, you can tell. That what the Bay brothers, Weiss and Deboff, uh, did. Can't, you don't, you can't even say their actual names. I don't know his name. Benioff. Benioff. Well, the Bay brothers. Weiss and Benioff, the two show producers. Hey, Brett, so quickly, Daniel Silverman was the guy who tweeted all this. Yeah, if you're looking it's, it's a good thread. They, once they ran out of the source material for the books, they figured out over the final two seasons, it, this is very obvious, I think, what the end result was going to be. And this is called plotting. It's where you take the end result and then you work your way back through and you become, you create a very strict and rigid plot line. And that's, I mean, it's pretty standard for storytelling. I don't know why Sean's grinning at me. It's like, I just like English class with Will Brunson. I'm, it's, I'm but it's like English. Classes in session. But I mean, like, this is, this is a very tried and true method of storytelling where you take the plot and lay it out. And I think that they figured out what the end game was going to be and they worked backwards and crammed it all into two, two seasons. And as a result, it has felt rushed relative to the pace that we're used to because as this thread points out george martin is a pantser meaning he likes to take the characters drop them into the the setting and let them sort of crawl and create their own thing now i do think it is a very valid point that part of why george martin didn't finish these freaking books is because his universe got too wild and like characters started doing things by the nature of their like construction as as his creation, real life, real life doesn't have these nice, these nice, easy endings. Right, and right. But like a story that is all based on real life, you can't end it because there is no end he, point. He couldn't get Danny out of Marine. Like she's stuck in Marine for for years, and and that became that made it tough because they wanted to have these eight seasons. I think I just think, and I I get it. I don't. I'm not surprised that Daenerys turned into the Mad Queen and burned it all to the ground. I understand what they did. And I, I, I don't like the way that they got there and the speed at which they got there. And I think it was very transparent that they needed to rush things. If you watch the, it was like previously on Game of Thrones and it shows a picture of Danny and she's like staring off and they play these sounds in her head, but that never happened in the show. Like, yeah, they're nice, it did. It no, happened in the show. No, no, no. It, those, it, those, they're those, reminding of everything that happened in previous seasons. I, well, I, that's incorrect. No, all those things happened, but it said previously. And then they flashed a bunch of stuff that was running through her head, but we never saw her having that stuff running through her head in any scene. It was just a collection of stuff that they created as a new soundbite. That's not a soundbite you can just pull from the show. Is my point. No, but what they're doing is they're reminding us. But that's insane to do that in a previously on. Like I, I get it. They've been doing this throughout the whole show. They always do. She's never. She's never burned. Show. She's never burned a bunch of innocent people. Oh, uh, okay. No, no, no. I I want to defend Benny Off and Weiss real quick. I agree with both of your general points about. The last few seasons have felt rushed. I we've been saying on this podcast this entire time that they had their endpoint, and what they've been doing is working backwards, and that's why characters have been making choices that hasn't always been consistent with the characters that we 
we watched for six seasons. Correct. I do want to give them real credit here. They started to write their own stuff beginning in season six, which to me is maybe my favorite season. Um, so they, they nailed season six. Season seven was a bit of a mess. Um, and I think you can, I think it's, I don't feel this way, but I think it's completely okay for someone to be like, I didn't buy Daenerys' turn. Um, it didn't feel, it felt rushed. It didn't feel natural. That said, if you're mad about Danny becoming the Mad Queen, this is entirely, I would be willing to bet a lot of money, what George R. R. Martin had planned. Sure. Has planned. Like, they told, sorry, George R. R. Martin told the showrunners, generally speaking, how he wanted to end the show. Yeah, so if I, you think this is a show invention, I'm not saying you think that, but yeah. for people who think this is just a show invention, this is what George R. R. Martin had planned. Now, George R. R. Martin might have gone about showing it better than the showrunners did, but this was always her ending. And for the people who named their kids Daenerys after season three, uh, yeah, that's a rough. Well, uh, part are of are you going to change little Daenerys Wagner McGuff's name, or or is that sticking? Oh uh, no, Daenerys was always like number five on my list of Game of Thrones names. I, so I just think that part of the problem I have is like she get she okay. As Ryan pointed out in in episode four. She had, I think it was episode four where the dragon is killed by Euron's ships. These 42 ships sneak up from behind a rock and shoot a dragon. And they're now, these scorpions that, that Quiburn built are two for three. They're shooting 66.7% from the field. They're blasting dragons left and right. And then in season five, in episode five, they're like 0 for 300. They can't find a dragon. And this dragon is like sneaking off. They're not even showing it. She's flying around. If she could have done that for what, like, it's not like she went rogue and said, F y'all, I'm going to go burn it all to the ground. She had a great plan and took out all the defenses. And then she could have just flown to the Red Keep and blown down Cersei. And they said after the show, they're like, she saw the Red Keep and she flipped out and she had to set fire to everything. I get she went crazy. I get it. But it's stupid. And it's not in line with what she had, the action she had been taking. So I don't like the idea that she just snapped all of a sudden while sitting on top of her dragon with the bells ringing. And I, maybe there's a Targaryen bell ringing thing, but like the idea that she would just snap and just start going, turn her dragon into a lawnmower carving up King's Landing is bothersome to me. Breach yeah, wants to talk. I'll say real quick. I, I do because I, I haven't say said something about, anything, no, no, Sean. No, 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 no. I'm going to let you talk, but I, oh, I don't want me. to move on. Thank you. Move on past this because I just read Prince saying she well, Sean, I said anything, So here are the two things I'll say real quick on what we've said. Is number one, a lot of complaints about the dragon spears, but to me, you know what everybody was complaining about season or episode four was that Danny didn't do any recon. Uh, how did she not see all those ships? Hey, maybe she learned her lesson. Maybe she actually did recon this time, saw that these giant arrows aren't easily maneuvered, checked out where they're all aimed. All of a sudden, because once you shoot it, it takes 10 minutes to reload it, so all of a sudden you're ahead. So you know where to fire your dragon. I just think that was her being smart, and everything we complained about in Episode 4 was fixed in Episode 5 with her figuring out, hey, this needs to be my game plan. She put together a Bell Belichick game plan and that kind of ruthlessness. So I had no problem with her doing that. You guys talking about Benioff and Weiss writing, it's, it's basically – Look, you run out of source material. If I write a book that's 10 chapters, everybody loves it, and it needed to be 12 chapters, and you're trying to make a TV show, and you just do whatever you want for the final two chapters, kind of based on what I'm telling you, but not really, because I'm not even sure what I want to say yet. And that's the problem, is that they might have been told how it was ending, but there's no, they can't do the full-on character development that George R. R. Martin will complete whenever he gets that book done, which will probably be never. And you, so if you don't know 
how those characters are going to develop. It's impossible to get to the ending scene, even if you know what that ending scene is. So, you know, like they were in an impossible situation. The fact that season six was any good is uh, a miracle because seven and eight have kind of you see what happens when the source material has gone and they've got to make up their own stuff. Uh, And the only new thing I'll add is that they blew the Cersei plotline. Like, just give me a break. You are such a villain the whole entire series. Everyone wants to see you die, not not just the easy death. You know, like, I get the symbolism. She dies with the man she loves, with the man she came into the world with. Uh, but that symbolism can go to H-E double hockey sticks. Right. I want to see her blown away by the dinosaurs. I, I want to point well, out, before, it, you, before you get to your point, Sean, and you're right. going to also let me talk. Thank you. Um, I, I don't – this – any – Talking about Game of Thrones on Twitter, on text, on a podcast inherently ends up diving into and finding some kind of criticisms about the show. I thought that season five, I mean, season eight, episode five, I'll get it right one day, was a very entertaining, above average Game of Thrones episode that was more importantly masterfully directed from a technical standpoint in terms of the fights. Like when Arya is diving through the, the city and the, the, the rubble's falling down and they would cut to her, you know, she would be thrown to the side and then they would cut to the hound being tossed by the mountain. Like all of that stuff and the way that they showed the dragons and, and made it personal. Like when you're down in the fight, like with Arya, like as everything's going on, like you felt what was going on. That all that stuff was very cool. I don't have a problem with that. I thought that was good in the episode. I don't like the plot, speed, and pacing, and the way that they're developing the characters. By the way, look at Ryan. No, well, here's the thing. He's been like that for this entire conversation. If I want that type of action, quote-unquote, I'm actually curious what you think about this, Sean. I'll watch Rogue Rogue One. Rogue One was much Or or, or go see a Michael Bay movie. Go see a Michael Bay movie. Let me say one thing, Sean, and then you can go. I think the issue is when you have to spend the 10 minutes of the extras after the show explaining what happened, and then you're like, oh, that makes some sense. That's a problem. Take more time. I don't know why they were rushed. I I guess there's some conversation about resigning the actors, all the money it takes to pay them, making sure everyone's doing this and that. But uh, go ahead, Sean. You're frantically taking your shirt off. Because what I feared was going to happen happened, which is we lost the point I wanted to – argue with Brent, or not argue, but for me, um, so Brent, let's go all the way back to what Brenton was saying that he doesn't buy Danny just something. Okay, okay. Oh, 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 I want to clarify that because I, I've been engaged in this in a text thread argument with three of my good friends about this very subject. And they're like, I, I agree. There is a lot of buildup in terms of not just her genealogy, but her behavior, torching people left and right, and then having uh, Jorah die, having one of her dragons killed, uh, you know, having in the span of a couple weeks, having her best friends die, right. having the person she loved, who oh, she yeah. finally discovers has a better claim to the throne, having her dragon rejects die. her, and doesn't want to make out with her anymore. I get it. He doesn't want to make out with his aunt, and she wants to make out with her nephew, and that's that's rough. Um, I get it, but it feels like they've spent, they spent these six seasons like building a careful, it's like carefully crafting these and sculpting these characters. And now they're just like, it's like, oh crap, we have 48 hours until this art project is due and they're just like hacking it. It just, it just feels like they're, it's over the top. I, I don't need that. I, I know what you've created with Danny. I don't need you to, to make this like gigantic loud turn at 180 degrees. I mean, I can, if you, if you're subtle about it and you are 
the way that they have been for so long and, and let it happen naturally, it's so much better. It just, it just feels like an, a, a, like, and like Cersei, right? Cersei is, they're like, hey, Cersei, uh, we're losing this battle. Uh, we've lost all of it. She's like, no, we're just going to stand here and, and take it in the mouth. But no, that's not Cersei style. She blows up everybody. She, she goes, uh, she, like, she will kill herself to say, to, like, to save her family. And instead she just like sits there and watches Danny burning everything. Yeah. Um, look, I guess I disagree with about Daenerys's turn. I think a part of it for me is she turned mad. Madness is not logical. You know what I mean? Like there, like in real life, like if someone turns mad, there isn't like a logical reason to explain I, it. I it's wish just we part could, of them. Just I wish we could show our list, our listeners a gift. I, oh, I took a screenshot of, of Ryan while you talking. Of Ryan, about no, of Ryan making when you go madness is not logical. Ryan goes, Ugh. it's supposed to be partly confusing, and people are supposed to not see it coming, and people aren't supposed to be able to explain it because you can't explain it. But I thought it, I thought it was obvious that it was coming. I thought they. Yeah, I agree completely. It was obviously it was coming, but for people saying she's had all these horrible things happen to her and they foreshadowed her potentially turning into this. But then for her suddenly to burn down an entire city with innocence, that's too big of a leap. But I just think it, that's not the way it works. But, like you just snap and you, but and she you took, can't explain it. all. But her approach, she came in and had a very tactfully constructed approach yes. to how to take and out won. the city and then and won, won and then snapped. Cause she yes. saw the red key. Because, Come because on. She just was talking about how the only thing left that she has is fear. And she knows that these people might be surrendering now, but if she wants her reign to last, that's all she has is fear. And what's the best way she can prove that? Just burn down everyone and say, this is what happens. But she's who I am. Can you explain to me, after watching episode five, was there a need for episode four? You initially loved it. I think you went back and sort of tempered that. Yeah, it's my least favorite episode of the of the season. I still liked it. Um, I mean, my biggest problems. So, what's your question? We don't need. Why do we need episode four if we had episode five? It seems like if you went from three to five, there'd be a lot fewer complaints about the where season eight's gone. Because you needed Masende dying. um, Because that was literally two minutes. Cut her head off next. Or make. Or make. You needed John. It's season episode four was all about John's parentage reveal spreading and minutes. Yeah. Well, this is my problem. You guys are wait. You guys are complaining about the rush pace, which is fine. I agree with it. I don't find it an interesting conversation because that's just the state of the show now, and we can argue it all we want. It's not changing. But you guys are arguing about the rush pace, and now you're complaining that episode four, episode four was a bunch of filler of just people talking. Well, no, he's saying Wilson's saying if if you're gonna rush it, why not actually rush it? Why yeah. why add in this? So wait, you'd rather they just go full rushing it and not have these no, episodes? I, 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 they go ten episodes. I don't and... buy. I don't buy the argument that it's like, look, it's rushed, okay, and and, and we we'll just have to deal with it. Like, no, no that's not it's okay. Rushed. It's a problem. I, I agree, it's rushed, but to me, it's it's then every single episode recap discussion we can have can just be about that and whatever. Like, I agree, it's rushed. I'm not dismissing that, but. For me, a much more interesting conversation is we accept that it's rushed. We accept that the show has changed. Let's discuss what actually happened and what's unique about this episode as, as opposed to the same criticism that we have every single week. That that feels like – I feel like there's a very specific subset of people. I've seen you and Nick Costas do this and uh, Eddie Murphy, not the comedian, but the uh, – works for Dave Damashek's podcast. All three of you guys are big book guys, big Game of Thrones book guys. It feels like I, here's what I think is happening. I think you guys realize that Game of Thrones legacy is being horrifically sullied in season seven and season eight because the showrunners have to rush it. 
and you guys just want it to be over. Let's get to the ending, and then we're going to wait for this book to come out, and life will be good again. I think that you guys are in denial. I, so so I can't speak that. for these these other people. Eddie's, but Eddie's I, love, and, I love season eight. I didn't like season seven. It's my least favorite season. I love season eight. And you said you I loved think episode are, four. Huh? You said you loved episode four when it was finished. Then you changed your mind. I, li- I, like, I still like episode four. I have little. You just said it's the worst one of the season. Yeah, and a season that I love. You called it a masterpiece. Yeah, and I, if you go back, I rewatched it and I meant No credibility. <laughs> what do you mean? I can't change my opinion after multiple viewings? You know, I will say, because we're piling on Sean, is that I, I think I agree maybe more with him because I, I don't love this season, but I actually really liked last night's episode or Sunday night's episode until Cersei died because that still uh, is rubbing me the wrong way. But the Daenerys thing and, and, and just the whole entire, uh, you know, we haven't even talked about the Hound. Uh, that craziness. I mean, that was that hey. was fitting for his story. Came to a perfect end. That could not have gone any better. Um, Can, go ahead, Brenton. I got a question. How come not one of these mfers on the entire show has had a discussion about murdering the zombie king? Like they just left. They like like you didn't even sit down and be like, man, that was crazy. Like that fight was nuts. Arya, what did you do? Like like no they, one was. They had the whole feast scene. But like they wasn't, they didn't talk about it. They didn't. They had a party, yeah, but they didn't like. What do you want? I don't. I'm confused. Like no one's ancient time. You can't just party season, for five days. If we you had a war to get ready season, for. Yes, we would get more of those conversations, but we don't have a ten episode season, so we can keep talking about how the pacing is off, but, or we can focus on what actually happened in the episode and like the character choices that were made. It, it, it just to me, I agree with you. The pacing is off. The pacing has been off for two seasons. But now. I also think that they knew they have another war to get prepared for, so there wasn't a lot of time to celebrate. Uh, you got to win both wars before you actually have that celebration. All right. Well, I will go ahead and foreshadow something for you as well, because this was made very obvious by them. It was an over-the-top mallet, I thought, at least to those of us, you know, in tune with literary techniques and, and whatnot. Um, <laughs> that uh, I don't know if you noticed this, but uh, John – I'm just kidding. John and Arya both – had the look in their eye like, oh, crap, we have to kill the dragon lady in the next episode. So I think that you will uh, see the two of them and, of course, uh, yeah, Tyrion as well. And this was part of the brilliance, I think, of the Arya stuff, which was they gave us a lens to show the horror of what. That's what Daenerys I said earlier. It made it, it made it yeah, personal. No, I agree yeah, 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 yeah. And it's also, but it's so it's twofold. It's one, giving us a very personal lens to view this horror and this destruction uh, and then having someone that we care about. You know, potentially almost dying from it. I, Are you I, about I, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers or Arya almost dying? <laughs> I did. I did. At one it point, also, at one point, I feared for us. her life. I, like I was like, all right, she might. I, they're not going to actually kill her. I would have been really mad if they had killed her that way. But yeah, Here, you're watching. And you're bad. But just, the just thing. Oh, before you, just one more thing about this episode. No, just one more thing about this episode. In terms of the people that have died, I think it has been a very obvious hierarchy. Inward, inward shift of the hierarchy of characters in terms of who they've killed each episode. Like, knocked off Jorah. I think they ship Samwell out. Um, you know, you kill Theon. And then it was like, we're clearly going to kill the Lan- all the Lannisters. It's almost like too obvious how they're moving step by step through it in that sense. And that sort of bugs me too. Um, I was just going to say about the Arya thing. So they not only show us the destruction through her, but it's also providing, we're going to understand why she wants to kill Danny now. Because she lived through that destruction. Um, so I thought the way they did, they did all yes. the Arya stuff was really good. The way they cut back and forth 
between the Hound and Arya each getting their asses kicked. I don't, can I say ass? Yes. Yeah. Say, as long as you uh, credit the fact that I already made both of those points. Yeah, he's already made that point. You're doubling down on Brinson. Uh, he's like, no, Brinson, they, where does Brinson get his theories? And then Sean's like dropping the, my theories out here. The, uh, the, the last moment between Sandor and Arya I thought was great. And I think the other thing we should talk about is the deaths, what you brought up. And kind of what Breach said earlier about how so he didn't like the Cersei death. A lot of people did not hated. like. Okay, hated. A lot Thank of people you. hated Jamie's ending. It was the same ending, obviously. Right, the Euron ending was the dumbest thing on the history of, in the history of dumb. Like Wait, what? Yeah, that was wh- dumb. Why did he wash up on shore to like stab yeah, Jamie he's, twice? He's in been this- a dumb character. It's but, it's like what are you what are you what are you doing with this guy? What is he here for? Well, people don't people don't care about Euron. So and he just the, let the him die in the ships. I thought he was dead when he showed up. I was like, where did he come from? Where is this guy doing? The, the two they should have just killed him on the ship and just skipped that whole fight. Like there 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 could have been better use of time than watching Jamie and and Euron fight each other. That had no interest to me because I was like, they're, Euron's not going to kill Jamie. That's not how they're going to kill off Jamie. I do think I like the thing I like about the Cersei Jamie death is that in a weird effed up way. They kind of pulled a George R. R. Martin by not giving everyone the yes. satisfaction of seeing the death that they want, which is Cersei stabbed by Arya. Which is like this is what we're supposed or, to get, or Jamie killing Cersei, which is a lot of people thought. Right, was but like, happen. but Jamie and Cersei get to die happily. I so happily? so I loved I it, know. and and I thought it was so. People are mad about Jamie's character arc about how it seemed like he had totally redeemed himself and was going to live off with Brienne and never go back to Cersei, this evil woman, and all that. I never thought that was realistic. That is, like, the version of the story that isn't written by George R. R. Martin. That's, like, the happily ever after version. The fact that, like, of course he would go back to King's Landing. The woman he's loved his entire life, who's carrying their child, is about to get killed. Of course he's going to go back. And so I thought, I mean, Breach already said it. The fact that they came into the world together and they died together was very fitting. But I do think people are mad, like Breach, because – they wanted Cersei to have that epic death that, you know, we've been watching this horrible person for so long. We want that death, but they don't, George R. R. Martin doesn't give us the things we want. They killed Rob Stark right away. They killed Ned in a way they never thought we'd No, do. no, no. When it comes to death, George R. R. Martin does give us what we want. It's generally something, uh, a Varys got blown up by a dragon. Like when it comes to death, he generally comes through and doesn't leave these uh, vague, it was just a cheap off-screen death for a character that should have gotten something. I didn't even care who would have killed her. It didn't have to be Arya. It didn't have to be Jamie Lannister. It could have been uh, the Hound. It could have been her falling off the balcony from the top of the Red Keep and landing on her face. I don't care. Like you wanted the visual of her dead body? No, I wanted the visual of her dying on screen. She's been a horrible villain. <laughs> That's the same thing. <laughs> no, it's she not, I mean, it's not the same we, thing. We saw the entire... No, Ruth because you cannot say for 100% she's dead. Yeah, she's I agree. Dead. I agree. She's dead. I mean, I do think she's dead like you do, but you cannot 100% I mean, say she is. Last time we saw Jamie about to die, he was literally drowning in a giant lake, and then he woke up in a That's pond. Much, I agree. That's way too much plot armor, and I hated it at the time. But that was much easier to deduce that this guy could could survive than the entire castle crumbling on someone. It would be – yes, it would be a massive upset if, if Cersei uh, Yeah, if, if they're alive, I – People I, are going to be, be pissed. Fully out on on that. Yeah. I would be really mad if they're somehow alive. But I do think so. Brenton, you were talking about why you. We have about think, two more minutes before I have to run. By the way. Okay. Um. Sorry. I so let me give you my theory about why some people are mad about this episode. He said right? two minutes, Sean, and not it, ten. 
And it, and it, it's a short theory. It plays Honestly, into. Look at the next two minutes to talk to you, by the way. He's not even thinking about sharing. I like how I've like interrupted the least and you guys have interrupted me the most. Would you guys uh, like to pause it? We could re- resume this in like 30 minutes. I'm out. Are you Just joking? Like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not joking. I would be down. I would, I would love to do that and give like 15 more minutes of recap, but I, ha- I literally have to go pick up my son from right this second. Can I give you my quick 30 second theory of why people are mad? Yes. It's because they didn't, the fans, didn't get what they wanted out of all these popular characters. People did not want Danny to turn. I did not want her to turn. I thought it was going to happen, but I found myself begging, please don't let this happen, and it did. People wanted the uh, Jamie to kill Cersei or Arya to kill Cersei. They didn't get that. So for me, this episode was a very much return to George R. R. Martin's roots, and that's why I think it's very clear this is part of the ending he had planned because this is just very on brand for him. George R. Okay, Martin's- prediction time. Oh, it's, ob- it's obvious. Arya, Arya and John are going to kill uh, Danny. I hope. But John which one? But which one? They're not both going to do it. It's going to be one of them. I'll say it'll be Arya. John won't be able to do it. Yeah. Right. I hope. I hope Arya kills her, and then he turn- she turns around and kills John. Done. I think. I think it's John, but I also think that whoever does do it dies. So I think only one of those three is going to live. And I, I agree. That's the easy prediction. That's what makes the most sense. Given this is George R. R. Martin, and we just saw this ending so far that people don't like, would it be entirely shocking if Danny doesn't die? And we, because we all think Ari's going to kill Danny. What if it's Danny defeating them and reigning over? And it, it, and the story basically ends how you know it, it began in a way before you, the you show talked started. about what George R. R. Martin likes to do. The Mad King died. He loves to do the full circle thing, and, and that would be kind of. Uh, the Targaryen, the Targaryen family going full circle. All and he loves thing, doing that. Here's my, all my, of this happened for nothing. My, my prediction. Got another mad Targaryen on the crown. I could see that happening. My prediction is Jamie jumps, comes flying out of the rubble and stabs Danny <laughs> at the last second. The Kingslayer rises from the dead. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I, I don't know. Look, I, I think, I, I don't think it'll be a crazy ending. I think I wouldn't be surprised if Arya kills, um, Danny and they all say F Wester, or not F Wester, F King's Landing. We're gonna let we're gonna rule the north. We're, we're out of here. Take this crappy. And by the way, whenever Arya said her kill list in the past, she usually only said the queen. Never really said Cersei. She did it sometimes, but so she doesn't even need to change her kill list. She just never knew which queen she was gonna kill. That's a great point. All right, that's the Pick Six podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with more football talk. Very excited about it. Thank you guys as always. Mm-hmm.